is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode four of The Black Heron. As you know, this is our monthly catch-up, fireside chat and gossip uh, between me and Rachel Heron. You can get both of these, uh, you can get this episode on both of our podcasts and you will get them a month early on our Patreons. Only one other little bit, if you would like to read along with us, then the book that we chose to discuss uh, next time is Happy Money by Ken Honda. That's Happy Money by Ken Honda. All right, enough from me. Let's get on with the uh, episode. Hello. Hello. Episode episode four, Fireside Gossip Chat number numero four. I can't believe it. (laughs) I can't believe it either because it feels like we just started doing this and also it feels like we've been doing it forever. Both things. So can you you please tell me what's on your desk that I just saw? Obviously, I'm not having dinner. I'm, I'm neglecting my wife live on podcasting. Sorry, Chloe. We all say sorry. We are very sorry. We're very sorry that you haven't been fed. I also haven't been fed. Um, okay. So what am I showing you? Kitties. So although oh. my listeners won't be able to see the kitty cats, uh, Rachel's listeners will be able to see some very yes, it'll cute. It'll be on the milk. YouTube. And uh, yeah, if well, you want to come over to my YouTube a month after this is released, then it'll be there for anyone to see. They are yes. precious. Are they little Siamese? Are they? Uh, they are no, rag, rag dolls. dolls. Rag dolls. Rag That's doll. right. Yeah. So they literally, you can, you can, they're so chill. You can just like pick them up and hold I didn't them. Know, and they just like. I didn't know rag dolls were chill when they were kittens. I assumed they were well, chill when they were adults. I mean, they they have their moments. Like today, they we we got with the laser laser pen, and they went pretty skits. Like they were like skidding across the the kitchen and skidding across the hallway, trying to catch the um catch the but, laser. But non rag dolls do that like twelve hours a day with no laser pointer. So- yeah, no. So these are the these guys have slept on this desk for about seven hours today. <laughs> That's so they're, they're pretty chill. Yeah, they are pretty chill, which is good because we have a not so chill uh, boy who's nearly <laughs> nine who who just wants to pick them up and hold them and not put them down. So like, it's good that we've got chill cats. Anyway, how's Becca? Oh, it was it was a good trip. It was a long trip. It was I was completely overwhelmed. I the, I did everything wrong. I did absolutely everything wrong in that I just I did you know and you know here we go talking about strengths but you know my relator my relator collects do you understand relator I'm still trying to understand do you you have it so I don't it well so I have three blues at like I, I think it's I, I think it's 16 17 18 or 15 oh, wow. 16 17 that I think my first first blue is either 15 or 16 um so and, and it's around there. It's in that cluster of the only blues that I even remotely touch. So um, in terms of do what, like, no, but also my wife is top 10 relator. I have so three I definitely... blues in the top 10 and relators, I think five or six. Yeah, it's six. So yeah, I think Chloe's is five or six. And <sighs> definitely I see it all, all day, every day through her. What do you see? What do you see on her? 
Um, very deep friendships with a handful of people. It's pretty hard for people to get into those deep relationships with her. Like she doesn't really let people in. But then once she does, she would literally give you a kidney. Like that is like, that's the kind of like, like depth. And also like she has this way of um, knowing people in a way that I don't and Mm. it's like it's she she's very good at understanding like people behavior like especially of her friends she can predict like what will happen and she's never really wrong um but it also makes her like there's quite a lot of boundaries and barriers I would say and she's quite happy to not have many people in those boundaries and barriers because she's got her people and that's it like that's those are her people so those are kind of like the biggest things that I see and also it's quite protective so I have been her a number of times even in this industry um and she's pretty good at saying you need to back out of this situation you need to uh not relate to that person as much as you are or or whatever um which I can talk about off camera. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she's quite good at protecting me because she can see behaviors and stuff. And I think it's from her relator that she does that. Mm. Oh, that's so fascinating. And does she, so I think my relator also, and I was talking to Ellie about this, it also attracts people, Um, Mm. people, the people, and I don't know, I, does she have this too, that people want to be close to her, but she just, but she's got the walls. Yep. And yep, you're, yep. did I, yep. did I tell you about the map that Ellie had me draw? No. Oh, she, she had me drop a, draw a map of my relator. And it was really interesting um, that, that uh, I'll just glance at it, but I won't show it on camera, but um, it, <laughs> it's a, it's a house over here. And then I put who's in the house and who's in what rooms like this. These people can go in this, the living room. These people can get into the kitchen. These people can come into the bedroom and like hang out on the bed. Like and, and not in it, not in a sexy sexy yeah, guy, yeah. but like, but you know, like the people at the bedroom of my heart are like, you know, Lala and my sisters. And then what really surprised me is that I had this sanctuary off of the bedroom that just held me. And I didn't expect that to happen. And then out here in in boats are um, uh, like readers and students that I love. And then these people I meet over at this cafe and at this cafe that I have to take a little boat over to get to that only holds me. There's only one person who can be in this boat. I have an I have an emergency slide. I drew an emergency Mm -hmm. slide out of that situation so I can get out. And in this trip to America. No emergency slide <laughs> oops that was oops. that was a schoolgirl era <laughs> and it was an era that I went into the whole thing trying to avoid and I still just screwed it up and I really because I have so many people that I love so deeply and I wanted to see them all and but I only had the tolerance to see many fewer than I did. And so I hit my tolerance at like day three. And by day four, before we even held our first open house, I canceled our second open house. I just sent out an email saying, I can't, I can't do it. Please come to the first open house if you can come to the open house. And mm-hmm. and I was still getting emails from people that I love saying, but I want to see you not at the open house. This makes me feel like we're not really good friends. And I was like, oh crap. But, and then I would see them. 
<laughs> and oh I had, I had 45 minutes off one day and I had two hours off another day. And that is it. I had morning, afternoon and evening full of people for two and a half weeks. And at one point I went to a Buffalo Wild Wings with two of my closest, closest friends. And I cried the whole time. <laughs> they were like, I think you, I think you might need therapy, which is always a good idea. But also I was just, I just need to get home. I need to get home. And it was really interesting so, what my brain did. Yeah, go on. No, I just, I relate to this so hard, but I don't have relater. What I have are influencing circles because I am so heavily influencing um, led or what's the word influencing dominant. I, I have to be very careful who I allow in to influence me because just as much as I can influence, I can be influenced. Interesting. So this, yeah, that was a really interesting lesson for me. But like um, the thing that, so I'm like dying on the inside for you, but from an introvert perspective, as opposed well, to the and related. The, and my introvert was, I just stabbed her in the heart and left her to bleed out <laughs> you in the literally desert. literally left her bleeding out. I absolutely <laughs> did. This week we've been to Edinburgh and um, we met some of my friends and we met um, my uh, aunt and uncle. We stayed with my aunt and uncle. But like after after we did, um, we went on a tour um, and had dinner with with um, my friends and we did like a, a, a bookshop tour and stuff. And then like by the afternoon, I was so ruined just from like, that small interaction, like ruined yes, in the yes. best possible way. Yes. Like I yes. loved it. I literally was so full. My heart yes. was like billowing, but I was fucked. Like literally fucked. That is exactly so all three it. of us. And it wasn't just me. Like oh, this was like my whole family. So all three of us went back to our B and B and we put headphones on and none of us spoke to each other for like three hours. <laughs> Just, we just could not we could not people anymore and that's what I have to like build it. in yeah, that's yeah. what I have to build in next time another example on the drive up to Edinburgh we were in a car with each other for three hours so I was like why don't we all listen to audiobooks individually with our own headphones you're <laughs> like a genius I know like I, I'm like oh my god I'm a terrible mother like why weren't we singing songs together or like talk and I was like fuck all of that we are all gonna have headphones on listening to our own thing and I mean and I'll tell you what it enabled that like my kid was the best behaved ever and like I was you know like it was because we needed we, we needed yes. the the sanctuary the room yes. the sanctuary that's what we needed yes and that is what I I failed to bring with me was this was the sanctuary and I had such a good time. And I'll, and this is a, this is funny that I I came to New and you know this, I came to New Zealand with the purpose of finding good friends and I found good friends and I have, you know, and I have enough <laughs> and they were, and you know, of course I always want more, but I, I don't, where would I put them? Where would I fit them? Um, but like they were Marco Poloing me while I was gone and I couldn't open the Marco Polo. I could not look at them. I, I, at yeah. Oh, that's and I told so them, I sent, the, I sent them a WhatsApp. I'm like, I, I'm just so overwhelmed. I can't. And then I got to the airport in um, San Francisco and I suddenly put on my New Zealand hat again and I listened to all of the messages and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see you. 
But while I was extroverting so hard as an introvert, I couldn't, I couldn't add more to my plate. And learning this about myself has really solidified some things. Like I'm really good at loving people. I'm really good yeah. at having friends. Yeah. And yeah. I also just need to be better, a better friend to myself by giving myself the downtime. So I quite often let my WhatsApp or whatever build to a yes, point where too. there's like 50 unread messages or, yes. you know, or more like there's like 15 different people who've messaged and I just can't like I just only have so yes. much energy yes. and and there's like a very like select number of people who I will respond to immediately and everybody else just has to wait because I just I just can't like and most of them are like immediate family you know yes like my, my sister sisters or my dad yes. or my sisters, I always look at their Marco Polos, but everybody else knows. And now you know officially that if, if I have sent you five Marco Polos, you can let those sit for weeks. I will always text somebody if it's an emer- dire emergency or email, like I need you to do this. But otherwise, yes, letting those build up. And then you have the morning or the afternoon where you're like, oh, I'm going to very, very people focused right now. I'm going to listen to all of them. And it's lovely and it fills you up. But also I have found that setting boundaries around that and just telling people like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I, I only listen to Marco Polo once or twice a week. You know, I only look oh. at my WhatsApp once or twice a week and people are okay with that. Yeah. I just tell people now I'm shit at yep. replying like yes. to everything. And I just, to I make everything. a point to everything. I'm shit at replying to everything. There is no method in which you can contact me and I will immediately respond. Exactly. Unless exactly. you are my mom, my dad, my son, my wife, or my sisters. You know, yes. like, that's it. That that is yes. it. Like and, and that's okay. And I don't expect anyone to to reply. And of course there are, you know, like there are that like your related circles, there are levels of immediacy in which people fall to so like there is I'm thinking like I have a couple of writing friends who it it would be unusual for me not to reply to relatively quickly you know like that you know there are because but also we have time zone differences right so that also enables me not to have to reply immediately and like that's so healthy. Like I think nobody it's so knows healthy. where New Zealand is or what time zone it's on. So I get a lot of leeway from that. Like everybody kind yeah. of knows where Europe is in relation yeah. to America, but New Zealand, they're like, I think it's four days in the future and in the middle of the night yeah. all the time. So I do get, I do, I do utilize that. But like, when do you get to this point in life where everybody expects you to respond, like two seconds after you send the message? Fuck off. Fuck like when. That. Fuck off. Like who who thinks they have that much control over somebody else's life? Like what is so fucking life-threatening that it requires a response two seconds after you've sent it? Like it's just nonsense. I don't, I don't know. I think we've I, I think we've, we might have talked about this before, but like in in uh we both utilize autoresponders yes. <laughs> to, to our teeth. And I have yeah. this super aggressive autoresponder right now that I love so much. And I actually get feedback on it by people like will then respond to that and say, I don't need a response. I really enjoyed your autoresponder that satisfied what I needed. Um, but I do have that line and perhaps you have it in yours where it's like, if this is actually urgent, just urgent me back and I'll, and I'll hope I don't even say I'll see it, but I say, hopefully I'll see it a little bit sooner. And I will get absolute strangers who urgent back and say, yeah, you know, how do you find an agent? This is you are, I'm deleting you now. Like I don't, yeah, much, I know. but I, I will yeah. delete that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, those people who like, I get them quite a lot as well. And I'm literally like, when you hit urgent and reply back, it it almost actually 
has the opposite effect in that I'm like, this isn't really urgent. So I'm just going to take even longer to reply now, like, which is terrible. I mean, of course. I love that you said that though. Like that is so I mean, it does kind of have the effect because what I feel like is somebody is telling me, dictating to me when I have to reply to them. And I'm like, well, no, you can fuck right off. Oh, because yeah. Do you know you're doing that to the OG rebel? Don't tell oh, no. <laughs> I can only think of one time. It was like, a, it was literally a banking thing. Like somebody had to, it was a money related, like cut off by the end of the day thing. And the, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, he was apologetic. He's like, this is urgent. I need you to respond right now. And I was like, thank you. That's what it's used for. It, right. And I would actually stamp. respond to that. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I completely agree. So speaking about rebellion, we in one of the museums we went to in um, Edinburgh, there was, um, we went to the uh, camera obscura and there was a button on the wall that said, do not touch this button. <laughs> like absolutely do not. Do not and then the button, touch this button, comma, the Sasha. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, I touched the button, obviously. <laughs> Of course you did. Said you are like number sixty six thousand two hundred and seventy three of people who touched the button. So apparently, I'm not really a rebel at all. Like we're all actually rebels. Oh, they were trolling. But I loved you. it. They, they were, were trolling. Completely, they were. I think I don't know what I would do. I think I would not touch the button because I'd go into this like, oh, but they want me to touch the button, and then they're going to tell me something about myself. So I'm not even going to touch that button. <laughs> Oh my god, I love but it! I'm no, much I less of a rebel. Was such a, yeah, <laughs> I like recorded it and everything on like Instagram, like tapping as <laughs> so I like press the button. But um, I have questions for you. Anyway, oh. so I asked, I asked about um, America. That was one of the ones that I wanted to ask about. Um, I I want to ask you about one of Becca Symes' emails. So that is like we cannot end this without having spoken about that. Um, but the other one was the book. Did you get through the book in the end? I am this much. I only have like that much left. So I am okay. more than 90%. And the book that we're talking about is How to Fail by Elizabeth Day, which is not so available on 78%. Kindle. That's nice. so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. I don't understand what, what like what I, that is even is. Maybe they're doing something on their yeah. end with a release or something like that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I think we should. I was just looking because I exported my notes because I want because I highlighted a few things that I thought were really uh, lovely, but then I didn't get a chance to um, check it before. There were just like a few phrases that really tell me um, what resonated with you, and then I will tell you. I underlined a few things too. What does it mean to fail? I think it all. I think all it means is that we're living life to its fullest. We're experiencing it in several dimensions, rather than simply contenting ourselves with the flatness of a single consistent emotion. And oh. I was like, "Oh my god, I oh. love that so much." That was amazing. I loved that one. Um, what did you think of the book as a whole? I know neither of us have actually quite finished it. I've almost finished it. Well, you're slightly closer to having finished it than me, but there. Um... Here's, here's what I think. I really, really like it. And I like her and I love her podcast. And I find it really interesting that you'll, you'll find she, she, um, she references Tara Westover's memoir that was called Educated several times. And um, she loves it. And she talks about talking to her and Tara Westover and her both do something that maybe as a specialist in memoir jumps out at me, which is she tells me just enough that I know she's holding me at arm's length. And I Mm. want to go 
deeper, just a little bit deeper. Like we're not skin surface. Like she's absolutely letting us in and she's doing the writer's job. She's letting us into exactly what she wants to let us into. Um, but when she goes deep and hard, have you gotten into the how to fail at having babies yet one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's brilliant. I think that's a brilliant chapter. It's the darkest chapter and it was perfectly placed at the dark moment in the collection of essays, which is how we structure books of essays. You know, it was the darkest at 75 to 80% or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 It was probably the best chapter as well. Yeah. I think of what because I've read she, so far. She tells the deepest truth about yeah. herself and lets us in. And I feel like readers at some level know that, that, that you're keeping that there's, there's a little bit, I would like more showing. And I do believe that it's not all showing. Like we have to tell in our books, we have to, but she does do a lot of telling. What do you think? I, I really like her. Yes, me too. And and I and she has some really poignant phrases in there, like yes. the one that I just read to you. Yes. But it felt slow to me, I think, because I didn't have the depth that I was after. Yes. I, you know, and then I raced through the baby chapter. I think part of the reason I raced through the baby chapter was because it was the darkest moment and, and because it's got more depth, but also because I personally related to that because we had like issues. So I got some of the things that she was saying, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but it did feel slow. And like, I don't know, I think I thought that I think there would, I thought there would be something more because of the type of podcast that she, I don't know, more mm-hmm. reflections maybe, because it felt like a lot of telling anecdotes from her life, which was great, but I wanted something more philosophical or like a lesson learned or, but it it wasn't, it was all kind of, I don't know, like I like her and I like her writing. I found it engaging, but I did expect something more or something else, I think. I kind of love that I, that I got it yesterday, you know, yesterday afternoon. And then I spent the evening reading it. Well, because (laughs) that was the only thing I I needed to do last night. And it reminded me of when I used to flash through books that I was only 75% invested in. When I am really invested in a book, I I usually read it on my Kindle and I read, I don't read slowly. I read quickly, but I read every single word and every sentence. And I think about every sentence. And last night I didn't really have time to do that. So I was, I wasn't, I wasn't skimming over things, but I was really reading quickly. And the Mm -hmm. book lent itself to being read quickly. And I had the thought, like, I'm glad I'm not just lying in bed for four nights trying to get deep in this because I'm not sure I could get as deep as I want. Like in the friends chapter, I wanted her to really show me a friend failure. And it wasn't. It was just like anecdotal about friends. It's so nice to have friends. And sometimes we're not the best friends we could be. I want you to fuck somebody up and feel bad about it and tell me about it. And then you either fixed it or you didn't. I don't care which. Or be fucked up. Yes, or be fucked up by a friend. I want to see the damage. I want to feel the damage. Yeah, and I do think that she does say quite a few times, you know, I am privileged, I am white, I am middle class. So this is through my lens. But like, I don't feel like if the hurt was enough for her to feel like it was a failure, show me that. Because like, you can have friendship failures that, like, for example, I lost some friends uh, last year and it was so sudden. I was literally talking to Chloe about it today and they were like really, really good friends. So much so we've been on, been abroad multiple times. Yeah. And then this is a failure. 
they they cut us off like they literally cut us off like I can talk about it more like off the podcast but it was like a death it was a sudden death absolutely for us and like like I would later just shriveled and died yeah like I don't even know how I would handle that and Chloe's too like yeah and like it was it was not okay and but in the grand scheme of things it wouldn't be seen as like uh you know it would be one of those first world problem type mm-hmm. failures you know but the depth and the pain at, of yes. which I felt I could convey that in a way that yes. would be deeper I think right like that's the yes. thing that I was missing that emotional connection except the baby chapter except the baby chapter exactly exactly and in fact this morning I woke up and I've been writing this essay for my patreon that needs to go out you know on Monday because it's the end of the month and it's about my America trip and I have really been struggling with it I'm like what am I doing because I was trying to entertain which is something we both always do right and she does really well because she is a journalist she's trained she's written many 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 well-received entertaining and deep pieces of journalism but I was trying to entertain in my Patreon essay. And this morning I was journaling. I was like, well, I don't want to do what she did in this book. I want to show how it hurt. And now I'm switching the whole essay to talk about how I don't know how to have friends and still honor myself with the silence that I need without hurting anyone, but I have to hurt people. And like, that's going to be a bitch to write. And I'm going to be able to write it because I'm going to tell the truth. And I don't want to, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me, when I, when it comes to writing creative nonfiction memoir, like it's when I don't want to tell it. Ooh, I had this editor one time, um, uh, jo- oh God, Jennifer Traig, who wrote a bunch of memoirs that I love. She was going over some of my essays for the, for Life and Stitches. And I would write these essays and they were brilliant and they were funny and they were great. And then they would get sent to her and she would go through the whole essay and then circle the one sentence that I didn't want to write about. And she would say, throw the rest of the essay away and go there. I was like, fuck. And that, that's what we, that's what we want to do with our writing. Even if it is first world privileged problems we want to go where it hurts and she she only does that in the baby chapter and, and, and it, some in the relationship a little bit yeah like isn't it weird that like it's almost like two sides of the coin we fail if we don't t- say a truth like like isn't that yes, you know, yes. Isn't that, and so like the irony that actually she's trying to talk about failure without really telling her truth is interesting so interesting oh my god so interesting I loved it I loved it anyway okay so I'm glad yeah I I I really wanted to know what you you, what you thought of it because I I have been in a very bad place with reading since like April Mm. and um like before I was reading I would say three to five books a week closer to the five I would say and now I'm struggling to get through like one a week and this this one because it was slow and I didn't feel mm. that emotional depth and you didn't have a panic days that you day. had to do it and talk about it the next day that's how you should have done it <laughs> I know exactly uh yeah so it's taken me ages so I'm hoping that I will get through it tonight um but uh yes yeah, so the other thing that I wanted to ask you uh well apart from work because let's talk about work first. Let's talk about work. So I want to ask like, you. Oh, okay. You were going to finish a book. Where was I? Where were I we? When I, no. So we last spoke at the end. It was the last of, week of September. And had you I said, even started? Yes, you had. Well, had you? 
Right. Yes, I started on the 16th of September. I okay, yeah, because I think maybe you were halfway through or something like that and you were going to be done. And I think you wanted to have a revision done. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong. So, so you here's mad what mad woman. Here's what happened. I wrote the book in two weeks and four days. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I wrote the book ridiculously fast. And this was the novel. This was a novel, 70K. Yes. I wrote 70K. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bear in mind i've had this week off um good and so what happened is i went into decision fatigue so um oh, i hate decision fatigue so i have learned a lot of lessons i've had to have like extra coaching so here here's what happened i back-ended a lot of the decision making about the world building what does back-ending what ha- mean to you i'm not sure what you mean by that okay so I decided all the plot mm-hmm. and I knew the main characters mm-hmm. and I knew kind of the characters around. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote the book. But what I didn't decide were like the brother's name or like ah. the name of um an object which then influenced the color of a uniform or ah. and so what I did was I shoved all of that to the end and I wrote myself notes in it so I knew yeah. the things that I would have to decide but I didn't make any of the decisions so instead of writing like the name of the brother I would put brother in capital letters yeah. so what that did is when I came to edit I had a metric fuckload of decisions to make oh. but yeah But you see, not only was I trying to do that, the minute I go into drafting, I'm then starting to think about the marketing. And this is under a secret pen name, which I then destroyed the TikTok account because I've had my face on there. So I deleted that account. I did wonder about you having your face because somebody was going to see it and put it together. Okay, Yeah, it's gone. (laughs) It's gone. So I've started a new one in a new name, but I've done nothing yet. So anyway, but then I had to decide a new name. I had to decide if I was having a website. I had to decide if I was so and and like, well, what are the branding colors? What are the what is this? I needed to do a cover brief, which is all the decisions. And I. And I just went. I hate doing the cover briefs. Those are that's that's uh, a massive decision crunch time. It is. It is. That is, I think, the worst decision of them all. It's it's the most exciting, but also the hardest. Um. Anyway, so I went into massive decision fatigue, and I um like (laughs) stroppily messaged Ellie, and I was like, "Why the fuck am I editing so slowly?" And so, of course, she was like, "Look, here is what you can do to fix this. When you draft like this in the future." At the end of every writing session, you have to go back through and pick out all the capital letters notes to yourself. And you have to make the decision there and then she was like, because and then make those changes so that when you come to um, because what I was doing was leaving them in the manuscript instead of putting them on post-its so that the post-its then got dealt with. Because the post-its are where you hold them. Exactly. That is my life. You have to put them on post-its so you can see them outside the manuscript, not inside. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one thing that I need to do. Um, And I think I will definitely make more decisions going uh, forward, like before I write. Um, And also, this is the first book in a new series. So she was like, it is going to be slower. Book two will be faster because you've made all of these decisions. Right. Yeah, exactly. So long story short, I have edited 27,000 words out of what is now 77. So I've written 7K in editing 27. In three weeks, 
and you had a week off and you feel like you're going slow. You're not going slow. You, <laughs> you animal. Normally I would edit like, I don't know, like nine, 10 K a day or whatever. And like yeah. this also, what also doesn't help is that um, there are two ways to work the trope that I'm using. Mm-hmm. And I started out trying to use it one way and then was like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to use it the other way. So I had to do quite a lot of work at the front end to fix it. So do you um, do what I do, which I think is the genius way of doing it. And I think I may have heard you talk about this. So I think you do do it the same way I do it, which is where I'm writing a first draft. And if I have a great idea, I just, that is when I like make myself a, a post-it and yes. all caps note in the manuscript. And then I write forward as if I've made the change. Yes. So therefore when you're cleaning up, you only have to get to that point and then it's cleaner after that. So yes, yes. The first half of your book is going to be a gigantic mess, but it's going to get yeah. better and better as you go. Right. Hopefully. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I am finding like, so when I came to it, the other thing that I've done is I've gone through every chapter and in Scrivener, I've kind of titled it like edit, edit and add, rewrite. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to rewrite like 17 chapters. No, I have to rewrite like three. And I've already rewritten one of them and it wasn't actually Mm. that much of a rewrite. I just had to pull some characters out of the scene. So Mm. I actually don't think it's in as much of a mess as I thought it was, but probably because I do that. As soon as I know something, I write, I write like like that. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So yeah. So good job. Yeah, I didn't do bad. I, I, I don't you feel like great. it was a failure. <laughs> you did fucking amazing. You did, I, I think that, you know, what would please you is if you wrote three additional books yeah. in the last three weeks and published them. That, then you'd be say. like, I did okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, but... <laughs> oh my goodness. I tell you what though, I love, I love, I love it. You do. I, I literally love it because nobody oh. knows. And like, it is like, because it's going under a pen name, I just held nothing back. You don't give a shit. I give no fucks. And so like, it is just the most, I would, if anyone ever stumbles across it, I, it's almost so me that I would be surprised if people couldn't tell it was me, (laughs) but like, that's how me it is. But like in fiction, which is just crazy because I've never done that before. And I'm like, God, I just love it. And I read the first chapter to my wife and my wife has never read anything. And she, she was like, I would read that. And I was like, oh, I love that so much. Much. I love that we're doing this at the same time that we're like, you know, exploring know. that side of not giving a fuck and just writing what we desperately want to read and find in the world. I know, which is what, so I want to know where you are at with everything because books went off to copy edits. And so like, what is going on? Yeah, so I got, I got, um, I got seven miracles back from the copy editor who I didn't, I didn't even touch it. Cause I think I got it a few days before we left. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I had heard nothing, nothing, nothing from my agent on the memoir that she was, you know, she kept saying she was going to, you know, edit these first three chapters and then send it out on proposal, but I need to do this work. Heard nothing. And, you know, I was getting stroppy about it when you and I were talking about it. And then I was like, I'm just going to let it go. And I just decided to let everything go for the trip. I hadn't heard, I'd, she, I'd also sent her the novel seven miracles and had heard nothing. And then the day before we came back, she sent me an email and she said, I love the novel let's talk. And she never loves anything I do. Like she loves me, oh, she loves my work, but she never loves a first draft. I mean, or, you know, a second draft, which, which this was, uh, no, forget that. It was a revised draft. That's what I should always do. 
um, it was revised as, you know, sent to copy edits. It was as good as I can make it. And she loved it. And so we had this phone call um, just a couple of days ago and she wants to take it out in a couple of weeks. I'm going to implement the copy edits because they're basically, they're kind of a wasted copy edit, right? I, they're not wasted if I end up self-publishing this. If she can't sell it, great, copy edits are done. She also had a few small, small tinkering ideas that will be easily incorporated while I'm doing the copy edit. And then she'll take it out in a couple weeks just before Thanksgiving. And if it sells, fantastic. And if it doesn't, I'll just self-publish it. I don't care. I already have a cover. I already did the cover. Oh my goodness, got the cover. you have a cover? <laughs> I do. And I like, I like it. I don't love it, but I got it from this place that um, that was recommended to me. Meeble Art. Have you heard of them? M-I-B-L? Meeble Art. Mibble art. Yeah. The Ukrainian um, company. Yeah, they the Ukrainian. are amazing. Yeah. And what, what I couldn't believe was that I, I was, I was in this place where I was like, well, I don't know which, which way I'm going to take it. Am I going to do paranormal women's fiction? Am I going to, what am I doing? So I got the cover and I liked it a lot. And then they sent it to me and I think it was $200 and they gave me the PSD, the Photoshop file. And I'm good at Photoshop. I'm just not good at like arranging something. So now mm-hmm. I have all the information that I can then make a cover that I really love. So basically they gave me something to revise if I do this cover, which I really do like. It's kind of got like rainbow flames and a potion bottle and a sigil that I, that I created myself, an actual <gasps> mag- magical sigil for the book um, that is on the, that is on the cover of the, that is on the bottle that was tossed into the ocean that she finds in the book, like um, with a message inside, like it's, it's good. Oh my it's God, good. I love so, it. So, yeah. So Susanna will take that out. And now that I'm back at work, I'll, I'll spend the next two weeks doing that. So I won't get to do Nano, which I wasn't really planning on doing anyway. And then I will jump into finishing 90 days to done the book. Um, which I, which is the next thing on my plate to do in these next two months that I have off without teaching. So what is the next fiction project? I don't know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Susanna was like, Susanna said, is this series potential? And I was like, well, I'm not really feeling series. However, if I was offered a lot of money, I'd be feeling series all day long. And I already know what the (laughs) second book would be like. So if she could sell a two book deal, I would definitely write a second book Um, because this, because the twin sister is going to fall in love with somebody who's already dead because she couldn't Um, that. I don't know how that would work, but, uh, and, but the, but the, and there's another fiction, like there's, do you ever get the creepy crawlers of fiction in the back of your brain? Like I know the, yeah, I know the feeling of the book. Mm-hmm. that I want to write next. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. I don't, I have no idea what it is, but I have the feeling. And I also have um, my, my wonderful assistant, Ed is always throwing ideas at me and he's had some really good um, new memoir ideas for me too. So after I do the recovery memoir, the fix, wherever that ends up going. And I've got the new New Zealanders books that I'm writing about, you know, moving to New Zealand, which really feels like it's coming to a close. It'll be a short memoir, but um, I think I'll probably self-publish it. I keep saying that. Uh, But the trip really solidified something for me. And it was beautiful that when we were leaving this, you know, 15 months ago, when we left the States, leaving, especially my sisters, I could cry just thinking about it, was tearing out my heart. I felt it was a death because they are my, they're my life blood. And this time I just hugged him and I cried a tiny little bit and I said, okay, bye. Because I was going home. When we left 15 months ago, I didn't have a home. We didn't even know what city we would live in. We knew nothing. We didn't know if we were making the right decision. And then when we got to Wellington, I was home. I wanted to kiss the ground. The beautiful, the city is so beautiful. Our home is so gorgeous. We love being here. So we have, you know, the New Zealand, that New Zealand memoir, I think is pretty much at a close. I need to write about what it feels like 
to have to created a true, true home with yeah. my partner who is really my home. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, and then I've got like two more memoir ideas after that. So yeah, I've got a bunch of books that are, t- <gasps> that are, that are in the holding pattern up here, you yeah. know, wanting to yeah. land at the airport. I yeah. love it. I love it. I, I, that tickle thing is usually yeah. like, it's not always a feeling for me. Sometimes it's like a concept or a, mm. a thing that I want to say, or it's, yeah, like there is always something. And I, I usually have the next series or thing um, whilst I'm doing the previous one. Yeah. Uh, and so then I'll be reading for that or I'll be like, mood boarding or whatever trying to like bring like coax it like woo it to come to me you know yes. like you're trying to like bring the idea so um <clears throat> yeah I definitely I definitely get that too so this yes. new this new series this new venture of yours the secret one what what kind of series is this going to be remind me how long do you want the series to be at this point in your head so Ellie is making me stay very um, experimental mindset focused. Good. So I think, and I can't remember if it, oh no, it was in the quit book that I'm reading. So um, one of the things that I think I need to define before I published is what are the, we're quitting and pivoting parameters. Yes. So like, yes, okay, we can talk about success metrics, but what are the failure metrics? I don't want to use the word failure because like it doesn't feel like failure, but like what what would make us pivot? And and when do we know that we're going to pivot? Is it after one book? Is it after three books? Like there needs to be, I think, some parameters for me. Um, would your parameters include things, not only uh, metrics that can be measured, but also this is going to sound woo-woo, but like feelings? Because sometimes for me, it's a feeling that like, what does it feel like when I think about the next book in a series? And if I want to die, maybe don't push through like I have done so many times. <laughs> so, well, and this is the interesting thing for me, like, and I've been having conversations about this because I have two very different strengths that push me in very different directions. So we have significance who like wants everything to be important and it to be meaningful and mm. for it to be beautiful and us to have an impact and competition wants to earn some fucking money. So yeah. like, and competition is one and SIG is five. However, SIG can often like dominate comp. Mm-hmm. So it just depends. And um, so what I'm trying to do is have like a, a plan A, a plan B. And then if they don't work, we're going to pivot and try something else. Because mm-hmm. the only way to stay resilient is to is to make the win about creating the best book that I can create, not about the outcome. Which is, yes, the most important, which has always been the most important thing to me is that every book has to be better than the one I wrote to me. I don't care who Mm -hmm. the fuck else thinks of that. Really interesting that we chose to read the How to Fail book though. Right. Because it does come back to like, a lot of times I feel like the place I am most evolved as a human being is in writing because I have failed so often in writing, you know, I have been fired by every major publisher in the, in the world by, you know, not succeeding in selling enough books for them and, and getting let go. I have, I have failed to please myself when it comes to doing X, Y, and Z. And, and I'm comfortable with that. I know that if I'm trying and trying and trying and keep trying to do what I love, then I am always successful. And I, I feel like I hear that in what you're saying, having plan A, plan B, 
if they don't go the way they want them to, it's not a failure. It's just a, it's a, tell me more. It's just, I'm so, it, you have to define what the metrics are that you're measuring, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, what is success? If you were going into a genre that is fast paced, cleaner, less description, and rapid releases. If you do all of those things, does that class you as successful if you feel like you prefer books with more description? Mm. Mm. Right? Because you could mm-hmm. earn a buttload of money by delivering exactly what the reader wants in that yes. genre. Yes. And yet it doesn't marry with what you want to write. And so yes. like, I know we all talk about this, but like, is, is that successful? Some people will say no, because you are not happy because you are not writing the thing that you really want to write. And then I'm like, okay, but what is the consequence of that? The consequence is either you continuing to write in that genre and not delivering what the reader wants. Therefore the consequence is you will earn less money mm-hmm. or you go and find a different genre that is harder to earn money um, or, or not, you know, but, but where you are better suited and therefore you have to start again. And, you know, then there's all the other metrics like maybe you're you're used to rapid releasing but there's a slower release and it's more you know you, whatever so it's like finding like you have to decide what the metrics are are the metrics making like are they internal metrics am i satisfied with this book and the quality that i determine it to be of quality or am i measuring purely by sales numbers because like it's like i don't know like I always feel, I don't know, I I want the sales numbers, but also I feel like that isn't always a marker or it's not a marker of quality of a book because it's a marker of how well you've marketed and delivered something that the reader wants. So I I honestly feel like the success is finding the sweet spot between what you want to write and, and, and what the reader wants and that there's a market there. And I don't know if I'm doing that this time around, to be perfectly honest. And and what Ellie keeps telling me is just write, well, she doesn't say it in exactly these words, but she's like, just get the fucking book finished because you've got no data until you publish the fucking book. You've got zero data. So like, and that's so true. I don't have any data. So all I'm doing is going round and round and round looping because I have no data. And until it's out there and until I can see the response, I'm going to continue to have no data. So what do you very... Yeah, I don't know. The 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 marriage of the internal metrics and the external me- metrics when they finally hit and coalesce in the, the place that pleases both is what I know that I'm after, and which is why I'm always kind of pivoting slightly. What is yes. your what is your um when do you want to have this published by the first book? Are you are you holding it or are you gonna release it and then write the next book? Release. Well, yes. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna I have a release date. Um, if, if, if I get it and hand it to my <laughs> critique partner on the, I'm looking at my um, Gantt chart on the 11th, 13th at the latest of November, then I will release it on the 26th of January. I like how, it, yeah. like, like, like excited, yeah. like you just got like all sparkly yeah. while you were talking oh, yeah. about that. And the reason I will do that is because. I should be writing book two in January. Yeah. Yeah. So I can then have book two on 
pre-order. Yes. yes but there's lots of ifs and buts. So, you know, like if I don't get it to my critique partner on the 13th of November, then the date's going to shift because, <laughs> you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I will try to have book one out as fast as possible with book two on pre-order. It, they are episodic standalones. Mm-hmm. Does the main character go from book A to book B or are they? They're separate? different main characters, different main but characters. the char- all the characters are in all of the books. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm. I'm. I. I love it. I love it. I really, really. And this is why I have to be so careful because I don't want to get too emotionally invested. No, no. Fuck that. Uh. -uh. You get to be as emotionally invested as you want because you are resilient (sighs) enough to have your heart broken if that's what has to happen. No, don't don't hold back any of the emotion. You oh, can't I just it? pour it all into the book and then like so there's nothing left for me to have any no, emotions about the outcome. No, you have like I don't have <laughs> so much ex- you've got all the extra you've got all of that I don't like it I don't like it when we when you and I you know other people but when we try to protect ourselves from that we can't protect ourselves from shit like that you can't I know, you cannot but out but I want to if it doesn't work I want to be able to pivot faster and the only way to do that is to be is to be less um, less more rational and less volatile emotionally about the outcome. And that's why you have metrics set up in advance. And then you also have your emotional state and your connectedness to it as something that you talk about, as something you talk about with Ellie that is just on the board. And you get to ask, yeah. am I being unreasonably emotional about that? Is you know, or or do these metrics no, just just plan for that. Don't try to hold yourself back. You won't you won't oh. succeed. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> How to fail at emotions. <laughs> just, I mean, just let yourself be excited about it. I it's not the excitement, it's the wanting it to succeed because I love it so much that's dangerous, a dangerous place I for me to that. be in. Yes. Yeah. That that's the thing that I'm trying not to do because. I will love a thing so hard. I will love it to death, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so yeah. I have to, that's the bit that I'm trying to like be back about. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to put everything into the into the craft of the story. And, and this is the yeah. interesting thing. It's not, it isn't, it isn't what I used to think was the height of what I want my craft to be but I love what the craft is in this book. So it's like I found a new piece of me. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, yeah, I, I do just love it. <laughs> you do look like I'm a Twitter so painted fool. You just look like you have fallen in love and you, <laughs> you know, remember, you know, you're in bed jail, like love jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We won't see you for a few months. <laughs> Oh man, it really is. But anyway, so yeah, I'm full of joy. So the last thing I wanted to ask you, did you read Becca's email about learners? I don't think so because I'm behind an email as usual. And I've say I usually save Becca's to actually like read and watch the videos. Can you encapsulate it for me? And what because it's really I, I affected you and I would like to know. It has where, massively where, affected me. Where's my learner? So, oh, my my learner is 12, so it's pretty high. It is, and you have input, so you Number may like one. this. Yeah, right, yeah exactly. It's one hundred percent influenced. So, and I don't want to. Um, I will 
say that I don't want to um, summarize Becca's words incorrectly. So go definitely go and read them in her words yes. um, because she will do a much better job of explaining it. So I will tell you what I have taken away personally yes. and what I'm going to do rather than telling you exactly what she said. Perfect. So what what the the summary is a kind of build your own year long learning program. And yeah, I did see this and then I closed it immediately because I'm like, I have to go deep. I want to like spend time with this. I need my journal in my hand. Yeah. (laughs) Year long learning plan. So what she is basically saying is instead of us just consuming, consuming, consuming. Yes. Go deep on one topic and do it almost to like, your own kind of masters and my input um, is just like freaking out with happiness yeah and joy and then yeah. she was like talk to all your input friends and get them to give you resources and links and courses and and then but then but the really important thing that I took away is that for me it's yes it's important to consume all the things but it's about the action that you take afterwards yes so what I am doing is every book I read, every course I take, every seminar I um, do, I brought a new notebook because obviously, but it's a, A4 and every like hour long, whatever, hour long session or whatever, will have one page. Every book will have one page. I'm not allowed to write any more notes than one page. That is it because I have to have the salient points out because I'm going to turn them into action. So everything will have an action that comes out. Oh, and then oh, I, my then, achiever just got so happy too. Oh, oh, that's if painful. I don't implement the action, I don't pass. I will not pass myself. Fuck off. <laughs> I will not pass myself. I will not pass. So I have to implement. Like, okay, and that's so why I'm going to be really input, careful. Number two, intellection. And number three, achiever. And what you have just said is like crack cocaine in my brain especially the don't pass like there's my my number nine competition is like no I'm gonna I'm going to motherfucking pass well and that's the problem isn't it that we input or I I will speak for myself I input input intellect intellect so much and I think of all of the points and then I'm too busy intellecting and inputting more things and I don't ever do the one action item that blew my mind and I'm like I'm gonna do that but I never made time to do it and then I forget Yep. And so that's why I'm putting them all into one book that will be like the book of do. And (gasps) therefore (laughs) the do book, (laughs) it will be the do book. Right. Exactly. And, and like, I'm going to be really strict about, I'm only allowed a page because otherwise, what am I going to do? I'm going to write 15 pages and I'm never going to go back to those 15 pages because that's me. That's my, that's, that's what I do. So I'm like, I have to condense it onto one page, one page only. And like, three actions or whatever. Maybe one book has 20 actions and one and, has and one has one, whatever. right? Exactly. One, yeah. exactly. But the point is, is to take action on them. And otherwise I'm not going to pass myself. So will you like, niche it to a topic for the whole year or are you allowing yourself to be more broad? Well, the question I was going to ask you is what one topic, if you could learn or take a master's or, or do a thing on one topic to help you either bring yourself joy and happiness or build your business, what would it be? And, and I, and I, and I feel bad because I know intellectual. 
<laughs> Drop the on you. And a king. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that is the kind of question that I've asked myself to to try and get to this point. My 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 first response is not one that I absolutely love, but often my first response is right. Um, that I feel like I I naturally inhale everything about craft and 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 I'm happy. I know how to write. I know I don't have a problem writing. I don't have a problem doing the work. I don't need, I, I we could all use more help with everything, obviously. Um, but for me, the actual plan of marketing and reaching readers is what I need more. <laughs> Look at your face. Your face is, uh, is that what you're coming to too? Yep. So I love craft yeah. and I, if I go down this route, I still need to give myself permission to be able to read craft books just because yes. I do it for joy. Yes, it's true. Um, so I'm yes. not excluding them. But where, but for me, it is, um, it's about money, money management. Yes. Yeah, me too. And marketing, being better at, the, so, and by marketing, I mean like not just marketing as an author, but as a business person. Yes. Like yes. that is the bit that, like I need to be a better business person. And so I haven't, I don't quite know how to niche that because it still feels big, but it feels more niche than everything. Than everything. Exactly. As as usual, we're on the same page about this. Um, I would love, I know we're running out of time today, but I would love maybe next time, can we talk a little, I don't, I don't know how you feel about this. So you can say anything and you will not hurt my feelings, but I do love to talk about money and money shit money history, money blocks. And um, if we had time today, I was going to ask, you, you know, like, what was your biggest failure um, in life? And I, you know, I have, I have so many to choose from, but mine really do stem from really fucking up with money in a real bad way yep. for a very long time. Wow. Your face mm-hmm. just like, I just love looking at your face. You, you, are, you are not a cryptic tome, just like my wife. I can, I can read you. Um, <laughs> and, and I do believe that like, I've done a lot of work with money, money blocks, et cetera but I can always do more. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit next time too. Yeah. Um, To summarize, I had 40 grand's worth of debt that I had to clear. I cleared it in like three and a half years before I quit my day job, because otherwise I wasn't allowed to quit my day job. But I, yeah, that was like, and it wasn't necessarily mismanagement. It was a series of circumstances that happened that led me to that point. Mm -hmm. And it was what it was, but yeah, like that was the, that's probably my biggest failure because I could have quit earlier, I think. I had $127,000 worth. And some of it Is was that- life circumstances. Um, a great yeah. deal of it was, and some of it was just bullshit. Starting from when I was 18 and given my first credit card at college, you know? Oh, yep. Yep. Can yep. we, can we put this on to talk about more yeah. next, next month yeah. and maybe off air, we'll discuss maybe a money book that neither of us have read, which is that possible, yes. but I would love to. I don't know. <laughs> Yes. Okay. What Brilliant. a fantastic talk. I am going to go get a new notebook because I think I'm out of notebooks and I'm going to make a do book too. Do you mind if I just copy you? Yeah, completely? do it. Do it. Do it. I will. I will read the email too. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The email do, that do we're talking about, if anybody is joining us for the very first time and has no idea what we're talking about, just very quickly, Becca Syme, S-Y-M-E talks about Clifton strengths and targeted directly at writers. And we are both members of her Patreon, which anybody should join. So you get these incredible emails about how to work your life better than you have been working your life. Yeah. And if you join, you get access to all her back catalog. So you would yes. get access to this email. Oh yeah. Good point. This po- post, sorry, the post. And it's I a think post those, that we get emailed. 
the, oh, right. The, and the posts, I think, go to everybody at every level. I don't, I think that's maybe her yes. entry level, right? So yeah. I'm yeah. with both, both Sasha and I pay lots of money to the Patreon because yeah. then, <laughs> then we get the coaching. <laughs> just, I just end of the month and I just open my fucking wallet basically and hand it to Ellie. Here you go, hon. Here you go. <laughs> and it's the best the best yeah. fucking money I spend. I come out, I always come out of my office and, and tell Lala, there we go. Life changed again. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends, I will we'll wrap okay. it up. Thank you so much um, for this. This has been awesome. I love talking to you. Mm-hmm. Happy writing. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.